Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Welcome back to the show that has been rizzing up your radio for an entire year. The show that Sunday drives every day of the week. It's the audience of one show on Conroe's 106.1 and 104.5 FM, streaming on IRLoneStar.com and available wherever you get your podcast from. I am Andrew, next to the guy who cannot be depended on for Valentine's Day. It's Dick, Practical Effect Schistler. <laughs> what is up, buddy? Oh, man. I think those intros get longer. Every single show. I like it. Well, my favorite thing is you put them all together. I sound like the oldest, grumpiest, yeah. meanest man in the world. I got to go back and put them all together. That do, that takes some work. But uh, yeah, somewhere around, I don't know, third month of the show, I started putting those together as our intro. And I it's love stuck. It. Yeah, I've gotten some feedback that they really like the way the show is introduced. Uh, it is a little bit like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, though, I have to admit. That's what makes it fun. Hey, man, one year. Yeah. Can you believe it? No. We've been doing this for a year. It did seem to fly by. Episode yeah. number 52, guys. You know, I had that. I had this weird thought the other day, especially with Facebook reminding you, like, when you first got on Facebook, and I was like, man, I've almost been on Facebook for 20 years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And because so I was, old. I, well, I was right there when it was a college thing. Right. Like, that was my freshman year in college where mm-hmm. Facebook started becoming a college thing, where you had to have a college email address you had to right. be confirmed dot edu kind of. i believe right so, yeah because it was that was a great tool because you got to meet a lot of people before you went into college as like especially as a freshman you got to see you could sort it by like who's an entering freshman at abilene christian university it's kind of like the precursor to swipe left yeah exactly i was like who's single <laughs> uh but but it, it got me thinking i was like man this last year because we started in february we did february I, like, I don't 14th. even remember what we did well, I happened to go back and listen to our first episode a few months ago, randomly. I don't know why. And uh, yeah, we were talking about the Super Bowl, which will be happening again this this weekend. And uh, we're talking about the, the the Chinese balloon, Madonna's face, and all of those things. And I thought, man, that was one year ago. Yeah, we we recorded, I think, on Super Bowl Sunday. Show aired a really? couple days How later. We, who was in the Super Bowl? Uh, last year was Kansas City against the Eagles. Okay. And it was a close game from what I can remember. A really good game, like 35 to 31 or something oh, like wow. that. Yeah. But yeah, it's been one year. Congratulations, I don't remember man. any of our episodes. I don't remember last week's. That's a good thing I I'm here. I don't really remember <laughs> anything we did. And that's why I like your opening line where you remind me of what I said last episode. Yes, it's I'm always like, a reference yeah. back to a previous yeah, episode, like which it. makes it fun. But I did think it would be fun, a fun little exercise here. Oh, here we go. Yes, to look at other famous power duos that did not last as long as you and I have on the radio. So you're talking about a year or yes, less? Yes, a year or less. So coming in at 309 days, Jim Carrey and Lauren Holly. You remember that relationship? I don't know who Lauren Holly is. Uh, she was an actress, or I guess she still is. Oh, she's the one in Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah, 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 you're yeah, right. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep. I, uh, Tom Green and Drew Barrymore, they only made it 163 days. That's because he got cancer and she was, wasn't sympathetic to it. 
Oh no, I, I think it's because I, I was gonna say I think it's because he's absolutely bat and crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Although I now I've heard they've kind of reconciled, and um, our friends. I think he was on her show not too long ago. Carmen Electra and Dennis Rodman, 129 days. Why are these all couples? We're not power a couple. couples. Well, we're not. We're a, we're a radio couple. We are Montgomery County's radio power couple. Yeah. Nicholas Cage and Lisa Marie Presley only lasted 107 days. <clears throat> oh no, here's Drew Barrymore on this list again to some guy named Jeremy Thomas, 39 days. Oh boy. But I think the one that takes the cake here, Britney Spears and Jason Alexander lasted only 55 hours. And no, not the Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, okay. a high school friend. You remember that big ordeal where they went to Vegas and got married probably in a drunken stupor? Didn't last. I thought it was true love. But we have outlasted every single one of those notable couples. It feels good, doesn't it? Well, what's odd to me, I, I don't know any of those people personally. And and but I always uh-huh. but I wonder is like what was the reason of getting married? To begin with? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I I can understand people getting married for a reason, but I just don't see a reason why they would besides just to get married, not like a They weren't thinking it through, yeah. man. I don't know. But we've lasted a year. Speaking of... Well, will you marry me? Um, it's been a year. Radio marriage, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Let's do radio marriage. Baby steps hey, here, I man. tried. Hey, Dick, I got to ask you something. Do you hold on to any of your old trophies? Like from childhood? No. Uh, I. You know, looking back, like I said, my memory isn't great. I, I think my mom... And you know people in your life that are like not OCD, but they like to clean. Like they don't have clutter. Uh huh. And I think my mom, because I was, I'm the sixth kid, so she learned real fast that things pile up. Yeah. And especially if they yeah. were like every one of us did sports. I was playing baseball, basketball year round. She had a stack of participant trophies. So she, I think, I think she got over it real quick. Like yeah. Even if it was a first place deal, it's like <laughs> doesn't matter. You're gone. Yeah, a few years ago, I uh, my parents delivered to me in a box all of my childhood trophies, and I did have to. I held on to them for a little bit, but I have to admit it. It's hard to throw out an old trophy. It just doesn't seem right. I don't know. It just it something about the entire process. Like I, I was losing a piece of me. But which is funny is, I hadn't seen those things in years anyway. So obviously, I didn't care. You know about my 1987 first place UIL trophy. But yeah. when I saw it, suddenly it meant something to me again. But yeah, I did hold on to them. I have a bunch from when I was in college, uh, participating in high-level uh, athletics, the um, bowling team that is. We uh, we got some awards, and I still have those, but I don't display them. You know, I I have a few in my office from like Montgomery County awards from bowling and this and that. Just a few, but I try not to display all of them. And I I came across this article. It's actually saying that it's probably not a good idea to hang on to your old trophies. And I thought, wait, what? And it's a pretty lengthy article. But I kind of uh, encapsulated it here to um, shorten it for our onesie audience. But it says this phenomenon has been called the Ozymandias problem, an allusion to the once great Egyptian pharaoh, also known as Ramses II. And this phenomenon refers to our futility of efforts to immortalize our accomplishments. You know, basically putting trophies and statues of ourselves is just sort of this futile attempt to make ourselves amazing. Well, I, right. It's. I think it's just depends on the accomplishment, really, because I know, like, growing up for me, uh, with the family business and stuff, there was always these uh, city awards from like the city of Houston mm-hmm. and proclamations, and so that was like a big thing to my family. 
So they, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know if those are considered trophies or not. And then there's hmm. also like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the definition of trophy is, to be honest with you. Because there's always like honorary things. Like they honored my grandfather all the time for, you know, doing different things in the community. And it was more of like cool statues and stuff like that. And it's like, do you of throw him? It? No, of like, that would well, be the cool. coolest one he had, I forgot who it was. It was some cowboy back in the day, but he was like, you know, a big community guy mm. in the 1800s. And so it was like a cool statue. Would you want a statue of, of yourself? Oh, yeah. That would be all I can, I can imagine. Yeah. I want a statue of us in, in Estonian style. That would be pretty slick. <laughs> that would, uh, I think it'd be hilarious. You no, know, what we do is you, you take that model, right? Mm-hmm. And what you do is you, the cast, yeah. you take the cast and you make the me who's on top. Are you, would you be on top? I don't know. We'll have to flip a coin well, for whoever's it. Whoever's on top it, it bobbles. And you can put a penny in the face and then you slap it up and it rolls the penny into the bank. You know what I'm talking and about? And that's donations for the station? Yeah, and you just like, you clip the legs. So it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm sitting there going like this oh boy. on the butt. <laughs> and I think that would be great. Uh, a statue, yeah. I mean, I I remember I, I, was, I was commissioning a painting because we have a painting. I'm sorry, say that again. You were commissioning yeah, a painting? Yeah, for, uh, for an anniversary gift. And <laughs> then I realized I didn't love her, so I was like, I didn't want to spend the money. But I, I just love this commissioning a painting. Go well, ahead, sorry. Well, because one of my favorite paintings we have mm-hmm. is of my grandmother. They did with uh, with chalk, so it has a really oh, cool. cool depth to it. And mm-hmm. it's when she was like thirty something. Oh wow! It was like nineteen forty seven, I think. That's really cool. Did it. And it looks great. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's. I, and I looked at that and I go, I want to do this for my now ex wife because I want our grandkids to remember, like when they see it, right? They go look look at our grandmother. She was beautiful. Aw. Yeah. And then guess what? That didn't <laughs> yeah. happen. Yeah. You, you can do it next time, maybe. Somebody had to leave. Uh, <laughs> but no, what was interesting about it is trying to find artists, because we have a, the art leagues. We have a great art league in the Woodlands, great art league in Conroe. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like I had to interview them, because I wanted to make it look just like that. And I even told, I told, I probably talked to about 10 different artists who do chalk. And I was like, I want it to look exactly like the same style. Like sure. I, want, I mean, like... I don't want it to have like an artsy feel. Like it literally looks like a photograph, but with the the, the beautiful blending of chalk. You run a real risk there, though, man. Oh if yeah. You get this done, and it's a self portrait or not self portrait, but a portrait of your of your fiance or wife, and it doesn't look anything like her, or it doesn't. She doesn't think that it's flattering. Mm. Well, see, that's where, and mm. this is the, this is something I want. Like it's beautiful, babe. Well, this is where I wanted to get into something. Do I really look like? Is my is my exactly. lip is my upper lip really that hairy? Well, see, one of my one of my favorite conversations when you're in a relationship with somebody is is the constant changing of how they think you look at them and what they think you like. For example, one one girl always I, I liked her having short hair. I liked her having long hair. Didn't really care, right? And. <laughs> She equated that I was nicer to her when she had short hair. This is awesome. And then it became this whole thing over, like, I'm not kidding you. Every time a hair appointment came up, it was a do or die thing for me. It's like, should I get my hair cut short? Because that's when you were nicer to me. Should I do that? Well, I've got to go get my hair cut. You're being a real ass to me. Yeah, I, I was sitting there. I was like, I remember go, looking, thinking so to myself, great. going like, man, this is a lose-lose for me. How, how did I even get in this scenario? <laughs> And I, I, I even uh, one time I told her I was like, you should do something completely different. Like I go shave it. Oh man, then you then you would really like her. Uh, no, You're really nice no, to her. Because I was by, like, I was trying to give her by the rules she just established. Yeah, I was trying to give a ridiculous answer because this was a ridiculous question. 
And I was like, just shave it. That's what I want. If you're asking me what I want, I want you to shave it. Well, I'm not going to do that. Well, then don't ask me what I want then. Like, I, I did not know how to. Can't you know, believe put, that marriage didn't last. You know, well, that wasn't even that wasn't even the marriage. That was there was somebody else. Oh God! And that same thing happened with the my ex wife, and I was like, "Does this happen with every relationship, or are they just kind of like, and especially when they go, hey, you were nicer to me with the shorter hair.' I go, that's crazy town talk. I that really it. is. I love it though, because I was like, when was that? And then you start looking at, back at, in, at certain situations and go, maybe I was. Yeah. Maybe maybe I am a real ass when their hair's long. <laughs> I mean, well, speaking of trophies, uh, getting back to the uh, the topic at hand here, it says while trophies are intended to make us happier by invoking a positive memory, uh, but plenty of research has shown that recalling past experiences can indeed improve well-being by lowering stress, reducing feelings of sadness, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the idea of a trophy. But however, remember I said it's probably a good idea to throw out your old trophies. Trophies attempt simultaneously to to stop time, and to substitute a concrete object for abstract experience. And memorializing extraordinary victories can set you up for an unhappy comparison with your former self. Oh my God, talk about a fun ruiner. So basically they're saying you got to throw these trophies out because every time you walk past the, the mantle in your living room, you're going to go, God, look at how good I used to be. Now I just suck. Remember when I could make baskets from 30 feet away? Now I can barely walk. That's that's essentially what they're saying. It's kind well, of odd and it's kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah, but I, I mean, guess I always like the idea of getting trophies that are passed on. <clears throat> yeah, but that's not even memorializing an accomplishment of yourself. That's from somebody else. So maybe well, it's like, in that like, case, it's okay. Yeah, I guess, like the right? Stanley Cup. They write okay. your name on it. Sure. But you get to keep it for the year, but then you, of course, if you win it again, they get your name on it again. But you also have to pass it on. And then at least your name's on it, and you're like, hey, if you ever see the Stanley Cup ever again, you can see my our team's name on it. It's us. Yeah, so that, that is kind I, of a I neat. Li- I like that a little bit more than, oh, I get a baseball trophy every year because does, I've played baseball. Does the Stanley Cup get taller every single year because there's more names on it and they got to keep stacking I another so. level? I honestly, I think so. Wow. I don't really know too Eventually much. Eventually, you're not going to be able to lift that thing up over their I heads, mean, it, I guess. It breaks all the time, so that's one of the few, yeah. that's one of the yeah. few trophies that people are allowed to touch. Because they bring, you know, that's kind of the tradition with the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. where each player gets to take it for a day. Mm-hmm. Or and they a, do crazy things yeah, with so it, man. Like, I've heard some uh, crazy and stories. And I like that. That, to me, is more yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why that trophy has so much um, history to it, because yeah. it, I think it's the only one that's done like that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, well, to be honest, I don't even know how like NFL and basketball trophies are really like. I have no idea. Because, like, you know, like the pennants. And then you have the Astros World Series trophies. I guess they leave them at the front office. Like you walk in, there's just one trophy, mm-hmm. and like that's what you get. I think those are replicas, though. I honestly think, right? They probably make a few, and well, there has to be one, right? The original. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Trophy talk. I don't. I mean, trophies are cool. Whatever. I don't really care though. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a trophy next time. I I thought about bringing in a little trophy for our one year, and I'm like, no, it's just stupid. Well, you know, uh, that's why actually why I like what they do with bowling, where they give you the pins. Uh, yeah, because it, you can put them on your bag. You can do kind yeah. of a neat little thing with them, and they're not big enough to where they're taking up so much space. Yeah, or you feel bad when you eventually have to throw but, them away. But the, you know, no, then they give you random ones like paperweights. And that one throws me off. I actually have it in my car. I have the one I got because I threw it in my glove box. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? It means a lot to you, I can see. Well, I was confused. I was like, I'd rather just have a pin. Right. At least I can write with that. No, I meant like a push pin. Like oh, a, push pin. Sorry. Like those pins. Yeah, not yeah, not yeah. like a writing pin. Like a. Oh, uh, gotcha. So, but yeah. And then they started doing this with the 300s. And then, like, 
Because yeah. I always made that joke about bowlers who have the ring. I was like, I wouldn't get because uh, people don't know when you're a certified bowler or whatever they call it. You uh, participate you, in a certified or sanctioned league. league you yeah. are eligible to get awards for certain yes. accomplishments. And then you get a ring for basically for free from what I understand. If no, you, I mean, if it's you paid through your dues. It, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it is you get no cost ring, to you. But then you don't get another one. So if you get another 300, they give you like a plaque. Didn't used to be that way. They always gave you a ring? They changed the rules probably about 15, 20 years ago because guys were getting multiple rings and it was just constantly, they were just getting more and more and more. And it was, well, it was like one, I'm sorry, it was one a season. But you get one every season and it got too costly for the association. I imagine because they're neat little little rings. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was always thinking to myself, I was like, can you imagine some dude wearing like 10 of those and just having this jewelry everywhere? I've done it. Oh, how how many rings do you have? I don't know. Enough. You don't con- wear it, though. Uh, no, I don't wear them. Yeah, you don't really wear jewelry, do you? No, I don't. Not really. Me either. Yeah. Like hey, this, man. This watch is like I, yes. the hardest thing I have to wear. I've, you I have to remind I, yourself I, I ha- to put it on? I hate it. And then I have to remind myself to wind it. Oh, that's right. How's that going? I feel like a caveman. <laughs> and I'm like, Speaking of caveman, uh, did you do the wallet in the front pocket like I instructed no, you to do? absolutely You not. said you were going to do it. Absolutely For not. the show, man. And report back your experience no. for the one week... Oh. That's, uh, I'll be honest, I forgot. So <laughs> Next week. I'll, <laughs> Report I, back next week. Dude, I, I forget everything, but then I don't forget random stuff. It's it's strange. It's I almost want to get one of those Apple Vision Pros mm-hmm. and have it remind me of stuff so I can just quickly say, like, hey, Apple, remind me to put my wallet in my front pocket every morning. So I put my goggles on. Put your pocket. I think you can do that on your, your pocket. I think you can do that on your phone. Yeah, but I want to... I don't want to have a phone. I like the like. The, have uh, you seen these things yet? Yeah, you're talking about the like the Oculus. No, the Vision Pros, the new Apple. <gasps> I saw a commercial for it. It looks really, watched, really creepy. I watched a couple YouTube videos of people just like day to day use. Yeah, because that's what they're for. Like, I because I, I when I first saw it, I immediately thought, oh man, watching movies that'd be the greatest way to watch movies because you don't see anybody else and you're not being disturbed. But Even then total immersion. Yes, and but I was like, I'm not paying four thousand dollars for a headset for, to watch movies. But yeah. then I started watching videos of people like one guy walked all around New York, got on the subway, and like wore it the entire time. Yeah, because you can see through it. You can see well, it's you don't see through it. It's cameras giving you, yeah, okay, feedback. So you, it's not like you're so not weird. It's weird, and uh, but yeah, I think that that's a great way to start living. <laughs> Life. It's just with the visor on your headsets, and hey, I can't live my own life. I need you to help me live it. Can you just remind me to put the stupid wallet in my pocket? And it's like I've noticed you didn't put your wallet in your pocket, Dick. Thank you, Siri. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, you're. I think I feel like we're gonna start seeing people like at dinner tables and stuff at restaurants. <laughs> oh, I know, man. That'd be great. It's, it's strange. The commercial kind of threw me off there. I, I guess they're they're on the market now because I oh, saw yeah. a commercial for it. It's, no, it almost seemed like it was. Like a future product to be, but no, it's already out. Yeah, I think it's going to change. I think it's going to change. Look into those. I think it's going to change some people's lives. It's going to be crazy. Like you're going to see them have it everywhere they go. Because I could never think of wearing that outside of work, or in a scenario like if you're on an airplane, like you know you need to work, you need to focus, but you're stationary. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine wearing that. Like going to your car. I got to wear my goggles on the way to the car. No, thanks. I'm just going to use my regular old vision. This is a cool story, man, from the future to now maybe the past. A man used a 46-year-old ticket to get into Disney's Magic Kingdom. Did it work? 
it worked. Probably. So, and the reason it worked is because there's technically no expiration date on there. And the original face value of the ticket was $8. Well, the, the price of the daily admission now, I think, is somewhere like 130 or 150 And, uh, yeah, they, they honored it and let him in. This was a, a 46-year-old man, uh, Matthew Abels. He's got more than 600 followers on TikTok. No one cares. But, yeah, he, he took this in there, I guess, as a TikTok experiment. I don't know where he got the ticket from. But uh, pretty cool, pretty cool thing. I guess the moral of the story is go ahead and buy a ticket now. <laughs> Wait 40 years, and it'll be such a deal to get into Disneyland. Yeah. Pretty cool, man. I guess. I, I, I mean, I think there was initially some um, conjecture whether or not they were going to let him in. Of course, you know, he's doing this all for views on his TikTok, I'm sure. When they came back and they said, all right, sir, come on in. It's victory. So well, who's I, laughing okay, now? Me, okay, this is this has nothing to do with the specific <clears throat> story you have, but you know, I had this idea where people who are doing crazy things like this go on social media and, and talk about it. There's what's weird to me is it's someone's job out there to scour the internet for companies to say, Hey, this is a viral moment. We need to work with this person. Is there? Because I feel like there like someone at Disney probably saw this guy. And was like, hey. Oh, yeah, this guy's got his viral. Let him in, let him in. This will be good press for us. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. It says adjusting for inflation, the 1978 ticket would have a current value of $38. But to get into Disney, it says day passes start at 109. Whoa. So something's not adding up there, man. Something's not adding up. I think I've been to Disneyland or World one time when I was like eight. Yeah. I don't remember going there, though. I've never been. So I've never been. Hey, man, what would you do in this situation? I know we've talked about this before where you're on an airplane, you look out the window, and I've always said, wouldn't it be cool just to walk out onto the wing? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, well, this is, uh, what would you do if you saw something outside of the window? And I don't mean like the, the Michael Lithgow from Twilight Zone movie <laughs> where he sees the alien. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. I do like sitting in the aisles of the window seat. That's my favorite. Are you, are you I a love, window seat guy? I love guy? watching. I like actually, I've only written in, in, on an airplane like probably five times. Yeah, that's and what I you love said. It. I love it. I love it. You said, and I love the window. You get to see the takeoff, and everyone get real small, and then you try to like map out the counties as we're like we're heading north or south or wherever. I like doing that. That's kind of fun. But do I? If I saw anything out in the wind? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So anyways, this was a a uh, British traveler, Phil Hardy. He looked out of the window and noticed four screws missing from the wing of the airplane. Now look. <laughs> I don't know a lot about aviation. I don't know a lot about engineering, aeronautical engineering at that. But I do think that it's a good idea to have the wing securely fastened to the fuselage, wouldn't you think? Four screws missing. Now, this is what's interesting about this, because if I look out and I see, and there's a picture in the link I sent you, if you want to scroll down in that yeah, article, I'm looking, I'm looking you can at see that the, the clearly see four missing screws. But what if I saw that, I don't know that I would think that they were missing not on purpose, right? Because to me, it's like, they're not going to miss a screw. They know to put screws in there. Au contraire, he told, uh, I guess, one of the flight attendants, they told the, um, I guess, the, the crew, the flight crew outside, they came over with a screwdriver, a handheld screwdriver, and screwed yeah. the four screws in. <laughs> Dude, I'd be like, get me off of this plane. It's always the small things. It's always the details that always get us, man. That is nuts. Well, what I love is we're all 
engineers when we see four screws missing and like the plane's going to crash because there's four screws missing. But again, I see that. I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I would have been like, well, those are purposely missing. I mean, that couldn't possibly be the fact that they just forgot to put them in. No, apparently they did. Or is it one of those things where they're like, all right, these really don't mean anything. Let's just go put four screws in there to make everybody feel comfortable, even though really it does nothing. I don't know. I'd be curious. But the sight of them coming out with a handheld Phillips. kind of fun. (laughs) To put this thing back together. Don't you guys worry. I got it. Right we got here. it. We got it. I like it. I, I, what I would really like better if it was like an 80 year old man and he had like climbed the ladder real slowly to get on the wing and he's like, I'm the only one who knows how to do this. That would have been good. He's quoted as saying, I'm a good flyer, but my partner was not loving the information I was telling her and started to panic. So I guess it's one of these things where he leaned over to his wife and said, Hey, uh, I think there's some screws missing, honey. And she went, oh, my God. You have to tell somebody. You have to tell somebody. And he's like, oh, it's fine. You you better tell him right now. You better tell him right now. I'm not getting on this flight with you. Oh. Man, you know it's funny? You say that about flights. <laughs> I, I love reading Internet stories. And one of the Internet stories was uh, there's a great subreddit on Reddit called, like, Am I the Blank Hole? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you've talked uh, about those uh, before. And one, of them, great. one of them was basically he left his wife at the airport. Because whoops, they apparently were. Uh, she's always late to everything, and when they finally got to the airport and went through security, went on through the stuff, she wanted Starbucks, and he's like, "Well, to get on Starbucks, you have to take a rail to like the next part of the airport, and we're boarding in like twenty minutes." There's like, "There's no way," and he's like, "I," he goes, "There's no way we're gonna make. You're gonna make it, or we're gonna." And she's like, "Well, I'm going." And he's like, "Well, okay," so she goes, and he boards, waiting for her, and they close the boarding. And she's out, stuck outside, and he's calling her, and he goes, well, just t- take the next flight. Yeah. Because he's already sitting. That's he, a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. I don't know what I'd do in that situation. Mm. But yeah. I'm, I'm assuming she eventually made it to their final destination. I, mean, I, I don't, I'm well, guessing. I, I'm probably not married anymore after that. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Well, apparently uh, in his story, they already missed the first flight because of her. So, oh, this was already a, a relationship so on rocky ground we here. Had to wait. What we're yeah, he said they had to delay. He had to get to the flight the next day, and he's like made a point of not being late. And so that was the point. Of course, right when they get there, she wants coffee, but not just coffee from the the one right next door. It's she of course wants Starbucks. Of course, right? So. Of course, can't have Dunkin' coffee. Got to have yeah. Starbucks. I like it though. You know, it's interesting because a lot of these airplanes have been making news lately uh, for mechanical type failures. You heard the story about the doors being sucked off of some of the, uh, what is it, the 737-9 MAX flights. You have not heard about this. Happened one time, uh, for sure. Actually, I think it happened twice. Scary. The door, the emergency hatch door just flies right off. Scary. Cool. And it's the suction actually is so strong. Luckily, everybody was still seated in their seatbelts because they were kind of... They still had their clothes on? It ripped the shirt right off the little boy who was sitting right there closest to it. They had, of course, had to make an emergency landing. Everyone was fine, but uh, bent the chairs. The metal on the chairs were bent. The suction was just so intense. Can you imagine? People's phones (laughs) fly right out of their hands. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So I have actually looked at my upcoming flight to make sure I'm not on one of those jets, and I am not. Thank goodness. Crazy. So you sent me an article a couple days ago, speaking of heights and scary stuff. Yes. Of the two-year-old becoming the youngest oh, yeah. person to ever reach the summit of Mount Everest. This. No, not this. It, the base camp. Oh, the base camp. I, it, okay. I thought it was. Yeah, this. it's a fake headline. They, they, they 
Oh, it does say base camp in here. I, in, I'm in the article. I but, interpreted it yeah. as the summit. Well, okay. You read the headline. Yeah, it makes it sound like it's on Everest, but then of course, okay, it's the base camp. Because I was like, I was thinking to myself, the it does lo- say base camp in here. I, I, I misspoke. Yeah. Misspoke. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Is this good parenting? <laughs> Honestly, I, I mean, well, I don't really know what it takes to get to the base camp, so it might be just a car ride. I don't really know. Probably not. Well, it says reach the site of seventeen thousand five hundred ninety-eight feet. That's that's a lot. And, of course, that's not the summit. I don't know what the summit is, but it's got to be something like 29,000, I would think. Yeah, I don't know that I'd take my two-year-old, but the previous record was from a four-year-old. This, again, kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple of episodes ago. Parents selling the Girl Scout cookies on behalf of their kids, and they're giving their kids credit. All this guy did was strap the kid to his back like Yoda and just walked around and then said, Congratulations, you made it. The kid did nothing except, I don't know. except not die. But yeah, can you imagine though if something bad had happened? Ooh. The question is, were they would have left the bodies like they did the rest of the bodies? And yeah, there's actually people it's right still, that are dead. Yeah, they're just hanging out. That are just they. Yeah, they actually use them as landmarkers or something. Or yeah. Uh, yeah so just, ma- imagine Yoda and his dad frozen, reaching out for help. And he's tra- no, actually, it's the other way. He's probably a loving father, so he's holding the baby. Oh, he's in he's the front like, to keep it warm, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I, then, I don't know that I would hear that. And you hear the children, the child's cry at night in the distance. Cause this no is getting one, really no morbid one, now. No one's going to save them. Well, there's a picture of him. He looks uh, a lot older than two. This does not... Actually, I'm starting to I'm starting to smell a rat here. This kid looks a lot older than two. He's looking like he's probably about three or four, but I'm not going to go out there and verify. I think his name is... Dallas Carter, I believe. I read that somewhere in the uh, article. But yeah, not not a smart idea, I think, to take your child, even if it is to the base camp of Mount Everest. Yeah, because again, could have gone horribly wrong. I think I think more families should get together and do stuff like this. You only live once. Yeah, I suppose so. All right, last story before the break, man. Have you heard well, of I mean, something? Whoa, go th- ahead. Think, yes. Think about when he's like seven. Uh huh. And he's in school. Oh, he's got a huge flex on everybody. Yeah, and it's like you have that presentation at school. Like, what's your most favorite day? And it's like it's when I was. Yeah, I got to reach the base camp. What'd your dad do? He just yeah. shot himself in a pickup game at open house. <laughs> yeah. Loser. I actually, my dad actually took me to the base camp. You're right. I guess it is kind of a cool story for him. Again, if he lives. He did live. I know, but it's a risk that you're going to take you think- that he doesn't. I mean, seventeen thousand feet. How 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 uh, high have you ever been up on a mountain? Do you know I, the highest no elevation? Idea. I know. I know. I was high <laughs> enough when I looked down. I was like, "Oh, that's man. a long way. That's a long way." Yeah, I, I don't know either. I think it's probably not that high. I would imagine it's somewhere around thirteen or fourteen thousand. I'm not really one of those people who cares about details know. like that. It's more of like, yes, we oh, know you're not a details person. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that looks like fun. I'll do that. And then if I doesn't, if it doesn't look like fun, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. It's not a hard decision for me to make. Well, I'm so. going to strap you onto my back and take you next time I go mountain climbing. Yeah, well, Estonian style. Estonian style, is that's is, right. Or is it Estonian or Houstonian? It's neither. It's Estonian. S. Oh, Estonian. Estonian. Okay. Okay. Estonian. Last story before the break, man. Were you aware of something called Operation Cat Drop? <laughs> no. I've seen Dumbo Drop, though. <laughs> so this is pretty interesting. Operation Cat Drop is the name given uh, to the delivery of cats. Okay, duh. Supplied by the United Kingdom's Royal Air Force to remote regions of Malaysia and the island of Borneo back in 1960. Okay? okay, so this is pretty interesting. So the cats were flown out of Singapore and delivered in crates dropped by parachutes. Okay, as part of the program of supplying cats to combat infestations of rats. So I guess they figured, yeah. all right, 
And he, we know cats don't like rats. Let's just drop them in from parachutes and crates. The most interesting part, though, I think, of this story, if you read into the details, newspaper reports published soon after the operation said it was a success, reference only 23 cats used. I'm like, doesn't seem like a lot of cats to solve a rat problem. However, some later accounts that claim the event had as many as 14,000 cats. Now, there's quite a difference there between 14,000 and 23. I don't know. It says additional. Imagine (laughs) being inside that airplane and you're hearing. And, and you're just sitting there. Right you're just sitting Man, I hope like, the parachute opens. I know we're just supposed to push a button to release them, but I'm throwing these cats <laughs> off. Like, I'm throwing them <laughs> off. <laughs> so additional additional Wait, source it reminds me references of, uh, a recruitment drive for 30 cats. So I think the 14,000 is probably largely overblown, but I do think it's pretty awesome. We need to put some of those yeah. over your house to get rid of the rat problem in your blue bomber car. That's why I should. Just <laughs> drop some Show crates. In there, like, in there. It's like, why do you have cats in your car? Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, man, Straight so we used to, my grandfather lived in Galveston, and he used to have, or his house was, he had, they had peacock farm next door. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of a peacock, like heard it. Yeah, they're they're nasty. Well, no, like, have you heard them? Yeah, they're loud. They're yeah, nasty. They're nasty weird. birds. It's weird. And, yeah. like, when I, I remember first visiting them, I thought it was, like, the ghosts on the waters. I was like, there's a sea beast, and it's calling out to people. <laughs> And because I would never think of peacocks in Galveston. Well, didn't we? We talked about, uh, I guess, several months ago, how in Florida they're like basically invasive. They're just everywhere. They'll walk up on people's front porches and stuff. Yeah, do whatever. And then one of those vets was doing like a, a free pro bono um, peacock vasectomies. Remember, <laughs> we talked about oh, that. Oh yeah, that was like one of our first episodes. <laughs> no, it wasn't one of our first you know, episodes. Tried. But yeah, it was like six months ago. All right, man, it's pretty good time. To take a break. When we come back. We're going to get into the age-old question, if money can indeed buy happiness. Short answer, yes. Long answer, maybe. Ooh, stick around. Hey there, audience of one listener. We hope that you're enjoying the show. And if you are, and you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. In fact, make it awkward and demand that they like and share the show. Do whatever you can to ensure that this little experiment we call Audience of One continues to thrive and prosper. And if you're interested in sponsoring or donating to the show, you can do that as well through our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash AOO. All right. Welcome back to Audience of One here on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com slash AOO. We're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m., our podcast drops occasionally if I remember to schedule it correctly. And also, we're live on Connors FM 104.5, 106.1. And we're live on YouTube and Facebook, Lone Star Community Radio. Please support Audience One by donations or sponsorship. You can find all the ways to do that in the description below or visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com. And the onesies, we're back. It is the middle of February almost. I don't mind. No, it's the first week no, of it'll be the first week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is going to be the bland, uh, blatant pandering segment of Audience of One. I want to thank all of our loyal listeners for sticking in and listening to us for the past year. Yeah. You guys are great, but you're, well, also, you're well, also a little sick. Well, i got to admit that. One but. thing I'm really disappointed but in. But thank you guys for making I, this I'm, all happen. I'm really disappointed in you guys. Is We have a text line. And Andrew's constantly on me about wanting to answer people on the text line. So call 
and leave a message or text 936-463-2322. You can send pictures of feet. I'm okay God. with that. I'm okay with that. I mean, you can send pictures of whatever, actually. I'm, I'm open game. If Google calls me and Please is don't. like, hey, we got this file being sent to you, I'll be like, hey, it's an adventure. What can you say? So, but just don't. This don't radio do show is not your dating platform, your kink platform, sir. No, I'm just. Leave I, your kinks I, well, out of this. I don't want to put restrictions on people where they can send us. If they feel inspired to send us something, send it. That's the call text line at 936 463 2322. I think uh, that's important to let people know and feel comfortable. Cause I thought it was more important to let everybody I know hesitate. how we appreciate them listening for the last year, as this is our one year anniversary. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. And uh, I've definitely done the better job of but the with, duo, you know, of the power without duo. A, without a doubt. It is, I, and I still feel I, underappreciated. I'm, and I'm just in awe of, of your radio ability, just, your broadcasting pro- uh, prowess, is that a word? Every week. Every it just week. amazes me, so, man. Speaking of that, is there a right way to celebrate something when you are right, when you're correct? Is there a proper way to celebrate? I mean, I think we can all agree there's probably an improper way. Yeah, I, I always celebrate it by never talking to that person again. Because it's like, <laughs> I was right, you were wrong, you're an idiot. And then I don't deal with idiots. Hmm. So that's a very passive-aggressive, I guess. I'm celebrating. <laughs> you ask me, well, how do I celebrate? I'm like, look at that. Like, if, if you never talk to me again, I'm going to be like, I guess he was right about something. I don't know. Well, you're always going to be a lose-lose. If you're talking about, like, an argument no, and you're it, right, it or no, you're talking about if you gambled and you won or something. A victory, a game, anything. You know, yeah, hip how do, thrust. How do you, hip thrust yes. all day. So that's uh, what I'm saying. I think, uh, we, I think uh, we all know that the uh, in your uh, face uh, is probably not the, the best way to do it. Yeah, that the crotch chop, yeah, any yeah. of that's probably not the best way to celebrate a victory, but uh, I don't know that there's a, a, a real proper way that everybody can agree on as the right way to celebrate. Well, I think it's also depending on the stage. Yeah. So, like, if you're on, a, like, a giant field, you can kind of go crazy, right? You can run around, do cartwheels, and do funny things. But then if you're in a, in a classroom and you win, like, mm-hmm. the top student award, like, you don't just go flipping tables. So... I don't know. I think the one one way to diffuse everything is, you know, always thank thank the Lord. And everybody, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, thank yeah. the Lord. Yeah, that's always proper. And that kind of diffuses everybody. Oh yes, look at him, so humble. But I don't know, man. I just wondered about that though, because I'm anticipating some big victories this year, and I just want to know how to do it the right way. Well, how, how so? I, I don't know, man. I'm all we, we be winning. That's, that's what well, I'm saying. We be winning. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, I like the celebratory drink. There you go. That's that's, always that's a nice. good one. Uh, and I have one every day. You gotta have a celebratory Man, drink every I day. I celebrate so yeah. much. You gotta, you gotta be appreciative of your goals. So much. Your goals and oh, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna. I had this story further down in the run sheet, but I want to talk about it now because you just said having a celebratory drink. Did you hear that Specs is now going to be selling a new beverage, a new type of beverage here in the Houston and Dallas and I guess the Texas region? Weed beer. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Crate, you're like, yeah, two of them before the show, man. Rock and roll. No, I mean, I've heard of weed beer in Texas. So yes, it there's doesn't a, surprise me that specs wouldn't be. Yes, selling they're going to be selling something called High Seltzer. <laughs> of course, it's called High Seltzer. Yeah. It's a Delta Eight infused canned drink available there's in this girl, fruity dude. flavors. There's this girl I was hanging out with lemon lime, uh, cherry, a couple months ago, pineapple, and she would make these mixed drinks with that stuff. Oh my God! With Delta Eight, so I guess this yeah. is a thing and now. That's what I'm I already knew. Like, okay, people do this, but now they're actually bottling and selling it, though. Which is well, no, it's always it's been available for the past year in Texas 
from what I understand. Delta Eight has, but as a drink, it's a drink, yeah, really. Because okay. as I'm saying, like, man, I'll tell you how the spec store doesn't surprise me. I am. But yeah, I remember sitting there and we, we buy alcohol and she started, and I was like, she went to the store and she comes back and she's has the these cans and I was like, where the hell did you get these? She's like, oh, you go to the CBD whatever, blah blah. Oh, they sell them at the yeah. CBD shops. Okay, I could see and, that. Okay, I was like, that sounds. Disgusting. But this is going to be sold outside of that, and this is kind of weird because weed isn't technically legal here in Texas, but this Delta Eight strand, I suppose, I think it's is. a farm thing. So they get they get around it somehow. But anyway, yeah, it was funny. She's like mixing it with her vodka soda or something like that. I forgot what she, like how she. Well, made that it. defeats the purpose. And I was kind of the like, whole point is to have non-alcohol drink. If they're mixing it, oh boy, that's really getting a, that's well, that's like four loco again. Having, having with fun. That yeah, hey, having let fun. me tell you, she was fun. Yeah, I bet, I bet. This says the seltzer touts a quote happy Very without creative. the hangover. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> I have to say that was a nice surprise. All right, I'm not sure I know what you're talking no, about. No, I mean sir. like I've never thought about that kind of stuff. And so when you meet somebody who's going outside the box, it's like, oh, okay. So it says, unlike beer, high seltzer drinkers can expect some effects depending on the dosage. Each seltzer contains five milligrams of Delta H, Delta Eight THC, uh, one of the cannabinoids produced uh, naturally by the cannabis plant. So yeah, I guess would you would you want to try one of these? No, I'm allergic. Oh, that's right. You've <laughs> talked about it. You can blow up like uh, I don't know, like a balloon. That'd be yeah. great. Was it like hives and things? Yeah, dude. Oh wow, this is gonna be like great. We're closes. gonna try some. I think we should open, get a four pack of these, open well, at the start I, of the show. I told you that was and the, see where the, it goes. That was one of the funniest things in my mind. Is I just ate a head, head of a gummy bear, and I'm like, my f- hands and feet grew three times, and I could barely breathe. I'm like, the head of a gummy bear almost killed me. <laughs> it is kind of funny if you think about it. Yeah, I don't. I kind of feel like I want to try this, but I don't know, man. It does say Delta 8 offers a euphoria, stimulates appetite, and can energize or relax well, I was based on all the, those things. Based on the while profile. I was slowly suffocating. Yeah, I don't know. I just find so it very strange that <laughs> so they ask me like, they're like, are you okay? And I go, I don't know. I don't know if it's working or <laughs> if this is this is normal. Uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a fun time. Yeah, well, maybe she was drinking her own version of. Hobuz, because apparently that's another <laughs> brand out there. I the forgot what it, what it was in a Hoba. tall. It was in a, a tall boy drink. Uh, so. Oh, I thought you said she was mixing it herself. Yeah, oh, yeah. She bought the oh, can bought the, and then mixed it with vodka. And that's right. I forgot she was ramping it up a notch, so to speak. But yeah. it says the Delta Eight dosage in a single high seltzer is only half of what's in <laughs> Hobuz. I mean, I like and it. that's another seltzer launched by Houston attorney Tony Busby. That name you know, sounds familiar. One is yeah, Tony he ran Busby. For, ran for mayor. He's he's got a tank. He's the guy who parked the tank in his front yard to like like he lives in River Oaks. And he's like like Shree. a military tank. Yeah. He's one of those. Oh, just guys. to prove a yeah, point of something. Of what what point was he trying to prove? I don't know. I just remember the tank being there, and I thought that was hilarious. Hmm. I always like people like that. I'm not gonna lie. I like people who do stupid, outlandish things just to prove a point, and I also like little jokes. Like that's why I think I like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Because of like what he does with his little stupid jokes, he thinks he's really funny. That's for what sure. What is funny though? I think they're funny. Like I just realized all, all the models of of uh, of his Telsa brand. Mm-hmm. If you go, I think it's on the website. If you do the first letter, it spells sexy. <laughs> okay, I I, I I wasn't aware. That is really funny. Like I to me, that's funny. And if he did it on purpose, that's even more funny. And I like that. Yeah. 
Well, you two are like kindred spirits, I think. I mean, who doesn't like a good practical joke, especially at the like a billionaire doing? <laughs> I think he even wrote a tweet today talking about he wanted to start like the Texas Institute of Technology Services, so it's the acronym was TITS. I know what that spells, but and I can't say it on the and radio. That's really funny to me. I was like, I, I don't know if he's serious or. <laughs> that's a good one. And people are, you know, people really hate that guy. So they're talking about like, we have great schools in Texas. We have all this stuff. Like, why do you want to start your own <laughs> just technology? It's funny. And he's, he's like, like a third grade ah, sense of humor. Why do you hate it? I love it. Like that's <laughs> I don't funny hate to it. me. I, I don't. I just. I think he thinks he's really funny. All right, man. Get this. This is a wicked. Wicked story. I uh, was not aware of this. Do you know what the store Rite Aid is? No. Okay, so that is a drug store, and I don't know that we have them in this area, but I have seen them before. I don't know that they're a Houston-based retailer. Well, apparently, they had implemented a facial recognition software um, back like in 2014 in a lot of their stores. Uh, one problem, though, it kind of profiled people as potential thieves, if you were uh, black, Latino, yeah, or I remember, Asian. I remember reading something oh about that. Oh, my. So you can imagine the scenario here. You walk in to get your wart cream or whatever, and the, the, the facial recognition picks up something about your face that says, this guy's a potential threat. And you go up there to just get your cream because you, you, you got a problem on your big toe, and they're like, uh, yeah, cuffing and stuffing. Is that what you call it, too? <laughs> the big toe? Yeah. It's a, yeah, that's never mind. Good. That's pretty good. But yeah, how bad is this that it was? It was well. It's only bad if you act on it. Well, I, okay. Because isn't a, technically everyone coming into the store a potential threat? Well, you would think, but the software only misidentified people of color as quote likely shoplifters. The why tech would you should. Tell, why would you tell anybody that? I, I don't. I don't know, Dick. Why are you whispering on the radio? I just wouldn't. I wouldn't report that. I'd be like, "Hey, something's wrong with the software. We might need to fix it." Yeah, like everybody that's coming back is likely uh, kind of looks all the same. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's you and I walking in unabated, do 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 do, and trying to steal stuff. That oh, they're Hello. fine. They're oh, fine. Don't don't groom me with your activities outside the station. Yeah, I don't know what they did with this information. Did they did they just kind of like, okay, we see one walking in, so let's really make sure that we're eyeing them closer? I guess that's what it was. Because, I mean, if you haven't done anything, it's a very minority report, though, if you think about it. Wasn't that the, the, the point of that movie was to stop crime before it happened? Well, no, there's precogs. So there was actually human, Watch your mouth. human beings that could see into the future. That would be short for precognition? Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like a machine doing it. Oh, it wasn't? Them. I thought it, it was, was them. I could have sworn there was some sort of facial recognition, like it well, was they scan. Well, they used that for fa like for facial recognition, okay. but it wasn't, like there wasn't AI behind it that was like, oh, this person's going to murder their parents or something. It was that precox could see it. And uh, there was the human element. Well, of this movie. is just an artificial version of the precog, as you. See, this it. is, you know what's so strange to me about this argument? It's terrible, is man. It's it so really, bad. I go, I never, I want to hear the argument why it would be a good thing. Because it's kind of like having that argument with people who argue about something that doesn't even exist yet. Mm hmm. And it, mm -hmm. it's because everyone's been in that kind of argument with somebody. It's like, we're talking about hypotheticals here, and yeah. you're, you're threatening to kick <laughs> right. me out. Like, right. you're going to beat me up over a hypothetical. And, yeah, that's what this reminds me of. Because if anyone came up to me and goes, sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave. I'd be like, why? I was like, oh, because our computer said you might steal something <laughs> right. from here. I'd be like, might steal something? Might. Huh. 
Well, it is hard to imagine, but this facial recognition was utilized. One star rating on Yelp. Yeah, exactly. I'm leaving this Rite Aid. Uh, it was utilized in hundreds of their stores in New York, L.A., San Francisco, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Detroit, Atlantic City, Seattle, Portland, Oregon, but not here in Texas. So we are in the clear. Well, you and I would be in the clear anyways, I suppose. Well, I don't really know. I mean, it's interesting because there is a fine line of using that kind of technology yeah. to help speed up a process. Like, to me, for example, what I love is... They, I, I want to say I read an article about police officers using uh, camera technology to scan your license plate faster and it, like even with without probable cause. And there was a they got in big mm-hmm. trouble for that. Yeah, because, I, I would imagine this is even worse because like basically what they would do is they would go through parking lots and just drive slowly, and it would scan all the license plates wow. and to see if there's a warrant or anything out, even though you're parked and you're in the mall or like whatever. This Dick Schisler car keeps coming up. What this is the this? The rat-infested bomber. <laughs> uh, but no, and then they they got in trouble for doing it on the highway because they would just drive the highway and just keep scanning everyone's license plate, even if you're going the speed limit. And then that's how they would check you. And then that became some amendment or whatever it is. Hmm. You know, what's it the 14th no, it's not, what's the search and seizures at the third amendment uh, I need to go back to class yeah I don't I don't remember, I don't that, remember that one sorry I'll have to go back and read those but as yeah well. that's the only th- I mean it's kind of weird because there is a line where like you got to draw on this thing whoever thought this would be a good idea is one of my favorite people ever I, I want to talk let's interview that guy yeah wow hey man we'll just come up with something that'll recognize people who are quote likely to steal what do you mean likely and how do you how do you base the algorithm to even get started? All right, here's a picture of someone. Here's a picture of someone. What do they all have in common? I think the red, <laughs> I mean, the uh, the light bulbs would have been going off. The red flags were raised yeah. a long time. Somewhere, some at some point, somebody was in a boardroom went, "That's a great idea." Was it, has it wasn't Target or isn't Target? Isn't Target known for the their anti theft security? I don't know that actually. I want to say it's one of those Never corporations to there. where they like kind of redefine what anti theft was because of the way hmm. they set up their security system. Wow! And they're able I'll to, to look detect into that. that stuff. And they even use like local, like small uh, rural cities use them for forensic. Interesting. Stuff. I hope your buddy doesn't walk through a Target uh, scanner oh, yeah. with that RFI thing that you put on <sighs> his shoe. Anyways, all right, man. This was the story that I teased at the break. Um, about money buying happiness. This is an age-old question. It's probably really tired, but I thought this article was pretty interesting. Uh, this is MSN, but I think it's from, sourced from somewhere else. It says, most Americans, 59%, believe that money can buy happiness. But here's the interesting part. The exact dollar figure depends on who you ask. Millennials, of which you have been, you're suffering so bad from your millennialism, Okay. Oh, that's right. I am. That's right. <laughs> I forgot I was. They say an annual income of $525,000 would bring them happiness. Okay. Now compare that to Gen Z and baby boomers, okay, normal people, who say they would only need around 125000 a year to be happy. What is wrong with you millennials that you need half a million dollars a year just to be happy. You know, probably what How it much is, weed beer you need to buy. No, probably Come on, man. probably what it is is we've been we're the last of the generations that think we should have stay at home wives. So we need five hundred thousand <laughs> to keep them happy. To, to keep everybody happy in the family. To everyone to be cool. That is an insane amount of money, man. A year just to be happiness. So do you do you think money can buy indeed buy happiness, Dick? I think uh 
I think it depends on the individual. I think it depends. Really, what to me happiness yeah, comes so down too. to is the effort you put in spending your time. And if you if you put a lot of effort spending your time on something that doesn't cost money and it brings you happiness, mm-hmm. then money doesn't really matter to you. But if you spend your time into something that does cost money, then clearly money is required to be happy. That was deep. That was deep, bro. You know, I'm I'm actually a very deep person. And one thing I always wondered is I always find the people who do like models of stuff really creepy, but they spend a lot of money on that crap. Models? Yeah, like little ship models and they build oh, okay. they build battlefields and stuff. I always thought that was really cool, but when you actually get to know some of them, you're like, You're spending like a easy fifteen grand a year on this. It's their thing. And I, I was like this Don't is, judge. Well, I mean, that's just they don't need five hundred thousand dollars a year to be happy. Well, that's clearly one, that's one battlefield. I mean, <laughs> you know, it says in addition to the generational divide, men and women think very differently about money as well. The survey shows that men would need to earn three hundred and eighty-one thousand a year to be happy, while women say they only need a hundred and eighty-three thousand. Maybe you were onto something there, Dick. No, I'm not. I mean, like, I think we just like more expensive toys because well, we got to show off. It's the peacock effect, right? Well, we got to no, get the fancy car. They're don't also the asking people who are older. Millennials are older than Gen Z or whatever, so the Gen Z sees themselves as individual for yeah, the rest of their they life. They weren't in this survey yet. I guess they're not old enough to really out, be out there. Well, working. you said you said Gen Z, X, and baby boomers. No, 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 baby boomers and Gen X, not Gen Z. Uh, okay. Oh no, it does say Gen Z. I'm sorry. It yeah, Gen Z, Gen X, and ba- baby boomers. Yeah, I'll say 125,000. I'm sorry, I missed the uh, the Z in there. But I mean, huh. I think there's also, you know, the baby boomers probably say that's because they're old and they're retired, and they're like, yeah, I don't really need that much money to yep. exist. Yeah, but 500, that's quite an outlier, man. I mean, five. No, that's that would be living comfortably with like a family of four. Uh, very comfortably, Dick. No, nah, I, I mean. <laughs> That's that's buying, like I said, a lot of weed beer and a lot of vacations to go on while you're on said weed beer. If you're the only person making 500000 I love this, though. It says, people were asked what they would give up to achieve their financial happiness. Nearly 75% said they would give up social media and big ticket events for the peace of mind. <laughs> I would, too. My God. Again, it's about how social you spend... Social media and big ticket. I don't care. It's yeah. about how you spend your time. I'll watch the game from home. On my 90-inch TV. No, I, got, no, no, your right, Vision Pro goggles, dog. Oh, right, there you go, see? Mm. And I don't need the gram about it, because I gave up Soch for my <laughs> I mean, wad of cash. I yeah. know, thought it was pretty interesting. But see, that, that uh, these are, I guess it's fun to talk about, I guess. It is, it is kind of funny. Uh, it, it, this is interesting. Only 20% of people would be willing to give up their pet for financial happiness. I'm like, bro, take it, I don't care. <laughs> Seriously, that's, that's a hard. That's, I, that's a hard ass. I love my dog, but if it meant I'm getting, I guess it depends. Five hundred and something thousand dollars a year. Yeah, take it. Just make sure she's well cared for. I mean, I'll shoot her myself. I didn't say shoot her. I said make sure she's well cared for. It doesn't I, mean kill I, see, her. Well, Good I would. God. I want to be the one that takes her life. Okay, you just made this really morbid. <laughs> Giving got, up the animal, I don't think means instant death from a bullet to the brain, man. Oh, you're talking about like oh, well, all dogs go to heaven. I thought so. Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, now you're really trying to spin it. I'm just, I'm just letting her go to her eternal peaceful spot. I'm just being nice. You are <laughs> got, such yeah. a twisted person. Okay, so this next story is from the AP, and I think this is probably straight out of my nightmares. 
woman falls into dumpster and survives getting compacted by the garbage truck multiple times. Whoa, so this is in New Hampshire. A woman fell into a dumpster while throwing out her garbage and was later rescued from the trash truck that had compacted her while she was inside. So I'm not entirely sure how this happens, but I'm, I'm guessing that she's probably a lady who lives in like an apartment complex or something where they have the big trash bins, mm-hmm. and she goes to throw something in there, and maybe she goes, whoop, the, <laughs> the momentum took her in. And I guess it was probably one of those scenarios where, you know, it was trash day, and she was probably rushing out to get to the trash before the trash man came and they came pick her up and did what trash can or trash trucks do and compacted but she survived oh my god man she's gonna own waste management after that actually i don't know that was waste management though. yeah i mean it's one of those things where the security camera footage is probably hilarious yes and that's it says luckily neighbors heard her screams and the trash compartment was equipped with a camera you imagine being that trash guy by what in the heck you're seeing a a nike Followed by a, a hand waving and then a Nike again and then a hand. Hey, help me. Ooh. Wait. Nasty, man. I don't know if I was listening correctly. Did you say a shoot or did you say like she was like was on like the second story and tried to throw it in the dumpster? No, I, I was surmising that okay. that's what happened. That she, because well, it says she fell into a dumpster and then that dumpster got put into the trash truck and the trash truck compacts it. So I'm guessing. So that she, she hurt herself falling in. Because, uh, possibly. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking to myself the timeline here because trash isn't picked up every day, depending on where you are. And right. So was this so, lady just hanging out for a couple well, that, days? That's what I said. I wonder if it was trash day because otherwise she would have fallen in there and yelled to the next person who came to put trash yeah. in. But it sounded like there was, I mean, I'm reading between the lines here that there wasn't a lot of time in between sounds, when she fell in. Sounds like a hit. And, oh, I like, I like, like where like. you're going. Yeah. They knocked her out. Uh-huh. So she like oh she's gonna be knocked out for a couple of days just leave her there leave her in the trash no one will hear fine. her screams but she woke up and she's she's a fighter and she's that like, she is she's like I'm stuck in this dumpster I need to get out don't crush my soul and she fought for her life congratulations she needs a trophy that she'll never throw away yes that, that she she does deserve a trophy for that a participant award and a big and then trophy. she's addicted to almost dying because she sees that trophy and she's that's like that's the most alive I've ever oh. felt. <laughs> It's a whole, a whole other ball game with this lady. You're right. You've got to turn the tables on this trophy yeah. thing. The trophies keep me alive. Yeah. Screw you, scientists. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. We keep, we keep Trophies keep people alive. Oh, Dick, have you ever been... That's actually pretty funny. If you had cancer or something and your buddy gives you a trophy for you lived... Or you're still alive. I think that would be, that'd be a pretty good joke. And then there is this article about throwing it away because it reminds me of a better self. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm so confused. I think I might do that. Have you been Next to... Next gets cancer. I'm getting you a trophy. You're still alive. Every year, I'll give you the a trophy. The still living trophy? Still... <laughs> no, I'll update it. I'll, t- I'll steal it from your house and put... You Every know, year, you'll 2025, put... 2025. Yeah, scratch out 2026. Yeah. You are sick, sir. Have you ever been to Oklahoma City? Nope. Yeah, you're really missing out there. They do have an area in town called uh, Brick City or Bricktown, I think it is, and it has That's something. kind of fun. Yeah, it goes back to I guess because the streets are made of brick, and it's kind of the old part of town. It's a it's a neat mix of like restaurants and businesses and things like this. Uh, I've been down there a couple of times, either one driving through, and then one I think I actually was there for work. Well, apparently, California developer Scott Matson announced plans to build a one hundred and thirty four story tower building standing one thousand. 750 feet tall in Oklahoma City. 
what the hell for, bro? It would be the tallest building in the United States, in Oklahoma City. So I'm guessing they're thinking, hey, people will come to OKC if we got this big tall building. I don't know. I mean, seems like a uh, misplaced. Well, this is gonna happen. You know this because of jobs going remotely. It's kind of that's a, another thing. It's is a the slow de- burn. The demand for commercial real estate seems to be at an all time low. This doesn't seem like this would be a smart idea. Not just for the fact that it's in Oklahoma City for crying out loud. People aren't going into the office nearly as much. They do radio talk shows in the middle of the day, for crying out loud. On a Monday. (laughs) I know. That's ridiculous. If the plan succeeds, the Legends Tower would be the tallest building in the U.S. and the fifth tallest in the world. The tallest right uh, right now is uh, in Dubai, which stands 2,716 feet tall. So, wow, it's a full thousand. And who goes to Dubai? To see a building. That's a full thousand feet taller than this one. It's nuts, bro. Nuts. All right, man. Quick hit here at the end of the show. Do you remember the Menendez brothers? I remember them looking really mean. They did have a look about them. And if for our onesie audience who may not know who the Menendez brothers are, they were charged in the early 90s, late 80s, something like that, with um, murdering their parents. Yummy. Yeah. And they claimed that they were abused. And I'm not entirely sure the, the outcome of that of that scenario there, right? I think they, they got charged and they, they went. I don't know the story at all. I just yeah. remember them looking like twins and they looked mean. Yeah, they, they did have a, a weird look about it. Well, I found this article really, really weird from CBS Sports. A 1990 basketball card of Mark Jackson is unique because in the background oh, of this card yeah. are the Menendez brothers sitting courtside. That's awesome. It is weird. I have this basketball card. I know I do. Um, but what's really crazy about it is, actually, I think this is... Um, yeah, it says they, they were infamously convicted for murdering their parents in 1989. And it, following the timeline, it looks like this is about the time in between when they were murdered their parents and when they were convicted. And the, the story goes that they were out spending lavish amounts of their parents' money after they passed, of which tickets to the New York Knicks must have been one of them. They got snapped in this picture, and now they're immortalized on the front of this 1990 basketball that's pretty cool isn't that weird and you can have one of these cards they're worth about 25 dollars. or i'll just bring mine up here you can look at it but i'm not giving it to you how are those not trophies basketball cards yeah i mean it is to the player i suppose in a weird way but not to the person collecting it it says the brothers weren't initially seen as suspects in the murder of their wealthy parents but their outrageous spending put them on the authorities radars in 1990 and apparently like i said nick's tickets were a part of that spending Wow. Mm. Crazy. So mm. moral of the story is if you're going to kill your parents and you're going to be spending their money, try to stay out of the limelight as much as possible and maybe get second or third row. They have court seats right there. I'm just saying, hey, word to the wise. All right, man. Or, you that know, is just all don't week. murder your parents. Oh, yeah, and there's that. There is that. All right, man, that's all we got time for this week. Dick, that was a wonderful episode. Yeah, I like it. Audience of One every Wednesday at 10 a.m., and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Don't forget, you can always call text at any time, 936-463-2322. That, uh, and you can always email us at show at gmail.com. And then visit our show page at irlonestar.com. Uh, uh, uh. Like, share, follow, 